You're listening to Cloudies with a Chance of Scripture. Uh, we're going to move into Genesis now to look at uh, look at the passage of the day. So we've already learned about our purpose as to who we are as uh, uh, Christians. Well, no, uh, as to who we are as humans. Okay, so people are often asking the question. Why am I here? What's my purpose in life? What was the reason for my existence? And we saw that when we looked at our identity in which uh, God made us in his image. And we talked about how uh, that therefore makes us immatures. Uh, It's really more of like a verb. We are to walk around and image God to the rest of the world. Whatever it is that he would do in this physical planet that we live in, we should be doing that in this physical planet that we live in to the rest of creation, to the other imagers on the planet, to the other human beings, to our spouses, to our children, uh, to the animals, to uh, the plants, to, to everything. God has made us in his image and now given us authority to rule over the creation. So if we rule well, we should be ruling in a way where it would have been exactly as God would rule. So what is your purpose on this planet? You are to walk in the image of God and image him to everything. There's your purpose, your reason for existence. So uh, I hope that kind of fills in that void that you've maybe always wondered about. Um, It's kind of surprising that we don't often recognize that because it's right here in the beginning of the Bible. It's as though the Bible itself knew people are wondering why they're here. Well, here's why they're here. They're they're to image God to everyone. But it doesn't stop there, you know. You might be wondering, therefore, what's my mission? What what am I supposed to be doing? Well, the Bible actually has an answer for that too. And it's related to your purpose, to your identity, to your reason for living. Uh, just as you are an imager, you're now to fulfill the mission uh, to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So that right there is God's blessing on humanity in Genesis 1.28. And uh, that that right there should speak volumes to us. And the reason it doesn't is because we, <laughs> we always get hung up on the be fruitful and multiply part. And you'll hear, you know, these messages just preached of, ah, God loves... Uh, the creation that he's made of sex, and we are to participate in sex with a, a spouse and, and create children, and, and, and this is the beauty of sex with, uh, within marriage and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but there's more going on here than just like, and then God made them and told them to go have sex and enjoy the pleasures of life. Uh, really, at the heart rate here, now that we've, and this is, exactly after God has created humanity in his image. The point of part of the point of him telling them be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it is because he's made them in his image and he wants more imagers to move out into the planet until the whole planet begins to take on his is uh, the work of his imagers. Uh, in other words, Think of it this way, okay? So the Bible uh, is going to go on in Genesis to start telling us about uh, the surrounding lands. And it's a a bit surprising, but 
uh, we start to see throughout Genesis 2, 10 through, uh, 10 through 14 that Eden is not the whole world. Uh, Eden is just a place within the world. There's um, Havilah, that's where there's a bunch of gold. Uh, we see uh, these rivers that kind of separate the lands from each other, the Tigris, the uh, whole land of Cush. I mean, there's just a whole lot else out there that is not Eden. Eden is the place in which God dwells and where Adam and Eve, these first imagers, are located. But as they leave, uh, part of their mission is to leave Eden and fill the entire planet with imagers. So you start to see this in a little bit of a different light if you're paying attention. Adam and Eve are located in God's locative presence on the planet, his holy temple uh, in the land of Eden. They are now to have kids and start eventually sending their kids out, be fruitful and multiply until they fill the entire planet with imagers so that imagers don't just live in Eden. They go out to the rest of the world that is not Eden and start trying to make the rest of the world fit uh, what the image of God would have it look like. You can almost see like people leaving Eden to go create more Eden, right? Uh, and people might be like, ah, Jamin, you're just, you're overdoing it. It's really just about, it's just about the pleasures of sex again within marriage. No, look, uh, move to Genesis 8. This is not just like uh, God said it one time and didn't really care much about what he was saying. In Genesis 8, after God floods the earth and wipes it out, guess what he does? He tells the one family that's still alive, the mission is back on track. Now it's time to get out there and do it all over again. Because uh, Genesis sorry, 9, 9, 1 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The implication right there is like, we've gotten off track. And if you move back, you see that the earth was starting to get filled with a lot of corrupt versions of God's image. So like <laughs> sin had just taken over so rampantly before the flood, it's as though the original plan of filling the earth with God's image has been corrupted. It's failed. And now that uh, we're back to an Adam and Eve state where there's only like these few humans on the planet, God tells them all over again, all right, now get out there and fill the world with my image. Be fruitful and multiply and fill it up. And if we move forward to the story of the Tower of Babel, we see that that is exactly not what they do. Uh, part of the punishment at Babel is not that like people built a big building. We'll get into that when we get into that story later. But part of the punishment for Babel is that uh, they literally decided to stay in one place and make a name for themselves so that they wouldn't be scattered over the face of the earth. That is... <laughs> That is the exact opposite of what God told them to do. All right, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And then they say, all right, let's uh, make a name for ourselves right here and make sure that we don't get scattered across the planet. So <laughs> it just becomes a, it becomes a very important thing to pay attention to because this idea of being fruitful and multiply, obviously it's the same mission that we're, we're still on today. Though again, from a 
Christian standpoint, we're not like just on mission to like just get out there and have sex with our spouses. No, from a a missional standpoint, we are to fill the earth with God's image. And as Christians, we have a special way of doing that, being a new creation. We are filling the planet uh, with the kingdom of heaven by creating offspring that follow God. In fact, uh, that's kind of what the prophet Malachi said, Malachi 2, 15. When he's talking about marriage, he he saw like part of the purpose is the the children that come out of it. He says, uh, when uh, uh, did he not make them one with a portion of their spirit in the union? So does he not make married people one? And it says, and what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So this is Malachi saying like he he makes husband a husband and wife one, and what's he seeking out of this? Godly offspring. He he wants imagers who are going to follow through with being the actual image of God and not following a corrupt way. So that's an important lesson to us as parents, if you're a parent out there, that uh, part of what God's seeking in the being fruitful and multiplying is to create offspring that are godly, that are following him, that are are going to pursue the image of God and show that to the rest of the world. Uh, but recognizing that uh, we are also trying to fill the earth with heaven. Jesus tells us, you know, to pray to God that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so if we're we're truly doing that, if we are trying to fill the earth with uh, uh, heaven, then really we're just back on track with the be fruitful, multiply idea. The idea of, hey, fill the whole earth with the image of God until the earth begins to look like the image of God, or the earth begins to look like heaven. And when we look at it in that light, we realize that this idea of be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, the real purpose behind that, to fill it with the image of God, that never went away. (laughs) Because if now we're supposed to make the earth look like heaven, well, part of the way we do that is by being fruitful and multiply, sending our children out uh, as godly offspring, or by creating new Christians, right? We, we get uh, out there and we tell them God's open up for adoption, and as they come to God, they now begin to fill the earth, the place that they live in, they now begin to fill it with the image of God. Uh, so all that being said, I just want to, I want to show you today that in Genesis, it's not simply just this Uh, Then he made them and told them to have good sex lives. No, uh, part of the purpose behind sex is to to show the whole planet his image, recognizing that uh, we can't do it as just a singular person. It's going to take people who image God in every single place out there. So, all right, I'm repeating myself at this point. I hope that it's uh, giving you a, a glimpse, though, as to who we are to be as Christians Uh, And as to not just your purpose in life, but a mission in life, Uh, it's not just to fill it with people, it's to fill it with God's image.